Hello, and welcome back to the Collegian Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm David O'Brien. And I'm Kylie McGovern. Welcome back to the pod. Today we are here with Leah Brown. Leah, if you want to give a little introduction. Hi, I'm Leah. Um, I'm a junior political science and criminal justice major here at um, LaSalle University, and I'm super excited to talk to you guys today. Happy to have you here. Yes. Where are you from, Leah? I'm from Lorton, Virginia. So how did you end up here at LaSalle? Um, actually, my Aunt Rose and my Aunt Robin uh, were past um, LaSalle University students, so I feel like I kind of have a history of like LaSalle here, and so when I was looking for colleges, they were like, why don't you check out LaSalle? And when I came here and toured, I really enjoyed it, so it was nice having a little piece of history here at LaSalle as well. Do yeah. you prefer, or are you more like annoyed by how far away it is from home? I think it was a good thing, actually, to get outside of Virginia. My community there is a little bit small, so it was nice to branch out and kind of meet new people, like, from the tri-state area and kind of get accustomed to a new city. Yeah, and you said that you liked this aspect of history you had at LaSalle, and I feel like all the things you do on campus are kind of like paving a new history for yourself. And I know last semester you worked on some research, independent student research. If you want to tell us a little bit about that. So last semester, I did a semester-long independent research study with Dr. Taylor in the criminal justice department. So I did an independent study on restorative justice properties in education, but specifically in the Philadelphia area. So I analyzed the Philadelphia school board's um, principles and their rules for all of their um, schools and kind of analyze them and seeing how they would benefit from, instead of having zero tolerance policies, how much better it could be using restorative justice policies instead. Very interesting. So did you do any like field research? Did you like go to any of these schools? Like kind of like, do you mind walking us through your entire process? Like how you got this idea? Yeah, so um, being a criminal justice major, something that I've always been super interested in was a school to prison pipeline and how easy it is for specifically inner school minority, um, inner city minorities uh, to go to prison just because of how um, kind of corrupted the school systems are in the city and how much like lack of funding they get. Therefore, it kind of transpires into the faculty and the amount of like energy everyone puts into them. And the output of that most of the time is um, students that have like a lot of backlash or maybe aggressiveness towards the school system. Um, so I kind of wanted to analyze that and see how that kind of transpires. So I did a lot of this through reading through different case studies and forming my own conclusions based upon the school board's rules. And what I kind of um, concluded from that is that a lot of the Philadelphia School Board does actually have the restorative justice policies in um, their rule book, but they aren't enforced throughout the school systems. Very interesting. Like, what are some ways that like these rules could like actually be enforced if at all you know a lot of it is actually through faculty and actually taking them and um using them for example um not having so many zero tolerance policies so zero tolerance policies are basically rules where if a student does something um a certain amount of times it automatically calls for suspension or expulsion and there's no real space for um remediation. So um, you two might be familiar with like a three strike rule. So if a student is sent to the principal office three times, they're automatically up for suspension. And as soon as a 
child is suspended or expelled, their percentage for more than likely going into the criminal justice system is extremely like increased. So as much as it seems like a small suspension or something is very minuscule um, to a child in like the inner city, that's kind of all someone needs to really just like, just go down like the wrong beaten path. So small things like that are pretty important. So kind of just giving children a chance like with the faculty and actually having like restorative justice properties, which is having a remediation period to talk about what you did wrong instead of a suspension or doing an after school program to kind of teach children what how to how to go about things a different way instead of fighting. How about, you know, talking to someone, small things like that, conversations is all restorative justice policies, but the thing is a lot of school systems aren't putting the time into the children because they have so many other things that they're trying to handle as well. So would you say that schools need to have less of a burden in dealing with a lot of these situations? Because you just said they have a lot of other responsibilities that they have to focus on. And if so, where would these other responsibilities be kind of like pushed off to? or handed over to? I think oh, one of the real problems is that schools need more faculty to handle some of these situations. Like when I was reading over these case studies, some of these schools had one case manager for the whole school district handling social work. Yeah, so, that's absurd. Yeah, so, yeah. so to have one person looking over all of these children, some you know aren't having meals at home or having issues at school, they're not getting any personalized, you know, they're not getting any, per, uh, I'm sorry, the word is not coming, but they're not getting any personalization. You know, they may check in with you one day and then you won't hear from them in a month's span of time and throughout those couple months, you know, fights happen or suspensions or expulsions. There's no one looking out for them. So I think what I did find um, is that really employing more people and a lot of the budget is really going towards um, security and um, police officers within the schools, investing in um, metal detectors and things like that. But what you find is that a lot of this just makes the children feel very criminalized and kind of treating them like bad people from the beginning when in reality if um, the school board kind of just invested in other areas such as count counselors social workers case workers then like you said david like those responsibilities will be pushed into other areas for people you know with those specializations to handle and then other issues within the school could actually be handled with the right faculty members this is very interesting. David and I are learning about like the juvenile criminal justice system in one of our classes. So like this is just so many links. But um, I feel like you were just explaining this like this kind of issue is so like multifaceted that there's like no easy fix besides like I guess people with like a passion that like a bunch of people want to go work in schools and like sort this out. But. Would you ever? Would you ever work in schools? Like do you? Sorry, I. Uh, but is that <laughs> a future you want for yourself? As a social worker. I didn't consider it working in the school system, but I do eventually want to try to do some sort of like nonprofit working for incarcerated people or like kind of helping that, you know, transitional period from the school to prison pipeline. As you mentioned, Kylie, which is only a small part of the like criminal justice system, which is crazy because it's so, there's so many different areas, but kind of to help that transitional period um, for children, which I think is so important, like 
having different activities for them to have put in like put into just different areas to kind of show them that there's um so many like other opportunities besides you know going down the wrong path which is a lot easier than it may seem but social work is definitely really important I definitely applaud anyone and I know LaSalle has a really good social work program that um that's involved in it. I do, um, I actually recently just got an internship working for the Philadelphia Prison Society. Oh, congratulations. Yes, Thank you. Very so, interesting and exciting. Yeah, so I'll be working with them in the summer as a liaison between incarcerated individuals in the Philadelphia County Prison um, and working with their families and stuff. So I'm pretty excited. I would like just to, uh, just to say, uh, my old boss, uh, she was an intern there as well, and she said it was like a life-changing experience. So I hope you feel the same way after working there. Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Um, I know another thing you're involved with is All Women Every Color, and today being International Women's Day, you want to tell us a little bit about that? It's like recently started here at LaSalle. I don't know. Yeah, so All Women of Every Color is he- is um, headed by Jua Brooks and AC Berry, which are a social um, social. Um, representative and philanthropic representative. Um, my role on AWC is I'm an executive on the philanthropic board, so I'm under AC. And so I kind of try to um, make a lot of volunteer opportunities at LaSalle. So something that AC just um, did was the LaSalle Save program, uh, working to help collect um, different feminine products and everyday like personal items. But um, AWEC is, is a great like upcoming club for LaSalle. I'm really excited. We bring together a lot of um, women of color on campus to kind of try to feel a safe space for women to kind of share their experiences on campus. So we've had different girl talks, talking about different issues about how women feel on campus and um, them sharing their various ex- experiences. Um, Currently, uh, I'm trying to do a partnership with No More Secrets, which is a feminine product organization here in Philly um, on Germantown Avenue that helps distribute feminine products to women in need. So we're going to partner with No More Secrets pretty soon and uh, try to do some fundraising for them, which I'm pretty excited for. That's very exciting. I just thought about this question, how you were talking about how you guys like come together to talk about, I guess, being a female at LaSalle. Um, do you have like kind of like just to show like the duality of like I guess being a woman on this campus like do you have like one experience where you felt like really empowered as a female and then like another experience where you like didn't I don't know if you don't mind sharing I'm trying to think sorry I'm thinking no that's Um. totally fine (laughs) um I guess a very empowering moment for me as a woman on campus was working on the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Board for LaSalle. So that was a pretty good position that I was really excited to be a part of, um, working on like the climate change survey and things like that. Um, just trying to build like a stronger agenda for more inclusivity on LaSalle's campus. Um, a not-so-empowering moment at LaSalle. Um... I couldn't really think besides of besides maybe like interpersonal relationships outside yeah. of school, but as far as like my treatment on the campus, I don't think that I've ever run into a situation that was like bad that I couldn't 
that I can remember, which is probably okay. Yes, it's pretty yeah, good. <laughs> I'm relieved and happy to hear that. I would definitely like agree that like anything like that was like primarily like interpersonal. It's like outside of the classroom, outside of like activities. Right. So yeah. Um, David, anything you want to say? So you're involved in a lot of activities outside of school. You're a double major. How do you balance all of this? Time management, it's its crazy because sometimes when I talk about all the things that I do, people are like, wow, like you do so much, but yeah. it's so built into my routine that I don't even like recognize that I'm always doing so much. But um, I think one thing that I picked up that's been the biggest change for me this semester is that I started working again. At first, I was really just volunteering, which was okay because it wasn't all, it wasn't every single day all the time, but incorporating work into my school schedule has been a big challenge for me but I think it's kind of for me it's been recognizing like when I can't do certain activities with my friends and stuff outside of school like having to put my like school work first and then just making time and building a schedule like my planner has been my best friend this semester just kind of like making sure I write down my shifts and like when things are due because at first like I was really struggling because I was like this is a lot, trying to work like 25 hours a week, which some people do full-time and school. I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> know how they do it. <laughs> but yeah, just, just a lot of time management and a lot of late nights and early mornings. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Well, I'm sure it pays off most of the time. It sounds like it. You get to uh, go to bed each night knowing you're doing a lot of great yes. things for the community. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I think my favorite nonprofit that I've been working for right now is a meal service prep that I work for at Prevention Point in Kensington. So I do um, food distribution there for um, Saturday. Like I go usually Fridays and Saturdays, but they go throughout the week, um, which has been a very rewarding experience. Meeting a lot of people who have had like went down a lot of different life paths, um, and it's been very interesting to kind of meet so many different personalities and kind of just build up my personal relations with people like on all in all different areas and um, I think my favorite thing working with homeless people actually is like their animals like a lot of people bring their dogs and their cats and stuff so it's been like it's been so fun actually like bringing food for them and and actually I, I buy food for their animals as well because that's so nice because yeah. <laughs> I have four dogs at home so oh, wow. yeah so I really like when I'm like when I see a dog I'm like let me go to my car like I have food for you so it's been it's been really fun actually that's so generous I wouldn't have even like that wouldn't have clicked for me I would have been like oh look a puppy I wouldn't have thought yeah I don't know um I just have one more question uh you said that your desire to like help communities has always kind of been there have I well this is more than one question I did that a lot sorry uh was there anything that specifically inspired you to get more involved with your community and then also has anything at LaSalle helped push you more towards doing that or is it just kind of been like you're doing it that you're doing it and then LaSalle is just kind of like there so I think actually coming to LaSalle and LaSalle is a pretty big community service school I didn't even realize how many programs we have that help like different areas, like any area that you're interested in, environment, homeless people, um, like climate change, we have a club or a program for it that helps like service that area. So I think coming to LaSalle and seeing their drive to help, you know, the outside community just helped me kind of want to look for and expand on those different areas that I care about. But since I was little, I've always kind of had an inkling to kind of help like um, the black community specifically. 
but um, homeless people is um, a huge like um, sorry is a huge uh, organ like an, a huge thing that I like to help, and then also um, incarcerated people like the criminal justice system has been two things that I've always been interested in, but since I'm older now, like I have the the like the area and the knowledge to know where I can actually help like the, the research study for example like I was able to kind of get out a lot of information that I personally wanted a lot of people to understand and know about because even in the area of race you can't always push that out you know unless you're under that kind of supervision to do so um you can't just push out race theory in, in every area unless it's warranted um but I was able to be under like I was in the space to be able to do that and push that agenda. And also for um, homeless people, you know, sometimes for meal service prep, you have to be like 18 to even do it individually or else you have to do it like within a group. So now that like I was older, I was able to kind of find a community that I wanted to do that with. And specifically Kensington is kind of overlooked just because of like a lot of the problems and issues that they face. So I felt like that would be a really good area for me to go into because I'm not really judgmental. like things don't scare me so you know it was it was in it was a good area for me and it, and they're great people it's, it's a great um organization so. yeah well i'm glad to hear that LaSalle has made a good home for you and i'm sure many of the people in the area and also at LaSalle are very happy that you chose it so yeah yeah i'm so glad we got to talk to you today leah um we were like trying to figure out who we wanted to have on as a guest and i was like leah brown <laughs> yeah <laughs> so Everything you've said has been very inspiring, but also so genuine, and I really appreciate you coming Yeah, on. thank you for coming. This has been incredibly informative. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for asking to meet with me. I really appreciate it. And you two are doing an amazing job, you know, talking about LaSalle and meeting with so many, um, you know, student body and faculty, and it's amazing, the pod. So I'm really proud of you two as thank well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, well... If you have any questions, comments, or connections, you can always feel free to email us at obriand10 at lasalle.edu. And mcgovernk8 at lasalle.edu. If you're interested in coming on, send us an email. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a good one.